persons you're listening to, no names, all game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Monday, October 26th. My name is Chris Henkin. I am mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted. Uh, joined by my co-host, Pat Calicchio. As always, your Nittany Lions are unfortunately 0-1 to start the season after just a brutal, brutal game. Lots of things went wrong. A lot of things are questionable. We have a ton to talk about, but let's start here, Pat. Um, it seems like the internet is split. Uh, half of this, half of the world, uh, the Penn State world, is the season is over. Why even bother? Don't even care. Uh, and the other half is we are going to beat Ohio State next week. No one will remember this, and we're going to go on and come back and win some Big Ten championship or something. Um, where do you fall in that meter? Like, where, where's your like? If 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 the season is over is zero and we're beating Penn State as ten, where are you at? Um, six, probably. Okay. Um, I don't think the season is over, nor do I think we're going to beat Ohio State. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, here's, like, we've reached a point in our program where every time we lose to someone who isn't Ohio State, it's a disaster. Yeah. And that's kind of – I don't know if I'd call it unfair, um, but it is a little unrealistic. Like – how many programs are really living like that where they lose one game a year? Uh, yeah. yeah and, and the, the thing is, football. yeah. Good. And the, honestly, the only teams that do have like, like whose fan bases go only one loss is acceptable. Unfortunately for us, all those other programs make the college football playoff anyway when they lose one game because everyone decides that one didn't matter. You know? Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of the state of college football right now, and and this is I've said this I've said this probably exact quote many a times. This is why we love fo- college football, and this is why college football kills us because every week truly is make or break. Um, I mean, the teams who don't look at their schedule and and say, okay, one loss will kill us, and that's it. Is is the Ohio State's, the Bama's, the Clemson's? Because one, they don't think they're going to lose because they're that damn good, uh, and if they do, their resume will be strong enough. They'll be able to kind of make it up in their championship game. And this is not me like hating on them. That's just again the state of it. Yeah. Um, also, they get a benefit of the doubt when they lose a game. People go, "Oh, it was a fluke." Yeah, well, let, let me let well, me say this because we're we're gonna be we're gonna be pretty negative on this episode by by default. Uh, we we did lose to an unranked Indiana. Like this is not uh, this isn't a fluke. Uh, this isn't like a oh we should you know this should have been a close game. Like this was a bad loss, and and we'll yeah we'll we'll own that. We'll take that. Um, I, I feel like we're we're getting. I'm rambling to the point already of like well but like like Ohio that, State but, can lose to Purdue two years ago and still make sure. the college football playoff. You know what I mean? That's the difference. Sure. Yeah, fair enough. When they when they lose to a bad team. It's, oh, obviously this was a fluke. It was a bad game. When we lose to a bad team, it's, oh, we were overrated. Yeah, and I think and that's, those I mean, are that's the, because... The, those are the difference between our programs that kind of we, you know, is unfortunate for us, but also I get it. Yeah, and, and that's because of our history, right? It's because we have been that good to great team for the last couple of years, and we haven't, you know, we haven't earned that benefit of the doubt, right? A, a top team that loses on a fluke game, sure, it is a fluke because they, they've earned that. Uh, we haven't gotten there yet, and and... Good, bad, and different. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. So, 
Um, for listeners of this show, for the last two seasons, this is our third season. Um, typically, we give out our awards for the week. Uh, we give out a lion, a lamb, best player, worst player kind of thing. Um, I personally don't want to give out a lamb because there's a lot of negative here, and I don't want to focus on one person or one situation, but um, I'm sure we'll talk about all I think we got to stay consistent, you know? Let's, I mean, no, we, I've already we, failed. We can't bail on the program just because of a loss. <laughs> <laughs> I've, already, I've already failed on my stay consistent because this was supposed to be recorded Sunday and, and put out today, but I was way too hungover. And I think I'm still hungover. I think I one, was because too. of this loss, and two, because I'm a 30 year old person who can't drink like he's 22 anymore. Um, that being said, let's start with a lion. Let's start with some positivity. We'll, we'll rattle through some of the other positives as well. But let's start with your lion, your MVP of the week. Who is it? Um, I'm going with Jahan Dotson. Okay. Um, this was, I, I think, the biggest question mark for our offense heading into the season uh, was the receiving core. Everyone going, you know, there's no real experience there. And, but the one guy everyone talked about, uh, you know, who has to step up is Jahan Dotson. And I thought he did. I mean, not a massive amount of receptions, but 94 yards and a touchdown. Um, I am never going to complain about that. One of the things we talked about on our pregame for this is, can Jahan Dotson be, like, a, a threat to put up 100 yards a game, like, in that neighborhood? And that's exactly what he did. And one of those receptions, that touchdown was huge when it happened. It was in the yep. biggest moment. It was a nicely run route, and it was a good catch. And that was – had we won, that would have been the turning point in the game. Yeah, I mean, that was the go-ahead touchdown at the time, I believe. I think that put us up 21-20, um, if I yeah. remember correctly. And, and, yeah, it was a beautiful route. Uh, their coverage was a bit busted. Uh, Cliff steps up. Yeah, probably could have settled into the pocket a little bit more, but we're talking positive right now. Uh, he steps up. It was also a well-designed play, though, because it was um, – I think it was Parker Washington kind of cleared out that cornerback like made the cornerback choose between going with um, Jahan and him. Um, and I think and the corner must've thought there was going to be safety help over the top and there wasn't, but like, you know, that, that's what makes, like it was a well-designed, yeah. well-called play yeah. by Kirk Sharaka there. I'm very happy with Jahan. I mean, yes, the, the it's a play that forced them that to play. make a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, you know, six, 60 of his 94 come on that play, but final stat line four for 94 with a touchline, of course. You're always going to take that. Shout out to Jahan. You are a lion this week. Um, mine, I thought this was going to be the clear cut front of my, my lion, Shaka Tony. Um, okay. this, man is, this man is so good. Uh, him and Jason Owe both played incredibly well. Uh, Tony's numbers come up on the stat sheet a whole lot more, um, but Owe was in the backfield all day as well. So I'm going with Shaka. Um, Seven total tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss. Uh, he had back-to-back sacks on that last drive. Um, first and second, second down. Putting, second to last drive. You know what I mean. Uh, on that should have been last drive. And, I mean, we're going to talk about all of the things that people are pointing to as why we lost and what we should have done and what we could have done. I mean, it comes down to he, he gets back-to-back sacks where we are in a position to win that game. Um, and he did that single-handedly on that late drive in the fourth quarter. Um, I thought he played incredibly well off the edge. Uh, yes, their their O line is supposedly not as good. I, I was just I was really excited to see him come out. We talked about him all off season. We talked about he's put on weight, he's put on mass. He is you know making his name to be you know a, a, a high to mid round pick in this upcoming NFL draft. And I think he did that. I think he looked fantastic. Shout out to the Tony family that were there supporting. Um, it, it was just awesome to see him kind of kind of fly around there and, and give me something to root for and something to look forward to in, in the rest of the season here. So shout out Shaka. You are my lion. Um, I'm going to plead the fifth on the lamb. Personally, I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back. We're going to talk about all of it. So I'm not going to give to one single individual or group or situation, but Pat, go ahead. 
who is your lamb? I'm gonna make you the bad guy. Uh, Jordan Stout. Really? Uh, yeah. I because I think everyone else. I uh, know. Sorry, Jake Penninger. Jake Penninger. Oh my God! Sorry. You just gave me Got a heart Jordan attack. Oof. Wrong like, turn. My bad. My bad, guys. Okay. My bad. Okay. Okay. Jake Penninger. Penninger. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, like everyone else who did something that helped us lose this game, also did something that is the only reason we were in this game, except Jake Penninger. He was the only facet of the game that I thought was just a negative. Yeah, so, I mean, if you look at it, it's not great. So, 0 for 2 on field goals. He misses the, I think it's like a 20-something yard chip shot. Um, 25 and, I think, 47. And the 47, okay, the college kicker, you can let that go. But, like, the 25's pretty inexcusable. And let's be honest, if he hits either of those, we don't go to overtime. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, it's so tough. Like, like, Sean like, Clifford had a bad game, but Sean Clifford was also, like, the only, one of the only reasons we were in this game. Yeah, like there yeah. there were there were highs and lows for Sean. He's a big sure. part of the we lost, but he's also, you know, he also like if you took took away the two interceptions, had a great game. Now that that's yeah. a weird thing to say, but like you know what I mean. He was I, up I and do. down. I, do. I thought uh, Pinnaker was just down. Yeah, that's, I mean, listen, he was five for five on extra points. Let's get some positive spin zone in there <laughs> as Pat rolls his eyes at me. Um, no, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I think for me, I'm going to give a very Coach Franklin answer here. Like, there's so many things that you can say were negative, but at any point in the game, that changes how things go, right? If we kick that field goal, you know, play calls and, and schemes and strategy changes, right? So we, we can't say just that lost it to us, of but course. yes, those were six, six massive points in the end of it. I came down to it and, and could have helped us win that game. Um, I think there's a ton that, that let's, let's stay on the kickers for a minute since we're there. Um, I, I don't love the split. Uh, I, I talked about this all year last year, uh, the split between Pinnegar and Stout. I think it, and again, these coaches know the guys better than I do. They know, you know, they know football better than I do, but like that's got to mess with your mentality a little bit. Uh, the split in general, but if we're going to have a split, if we're going to have a split, it's, I believe it's what was Pinnaker, anything under 49 and yeah, Stout it's basically Stout's 50, yeah, 50, 50 longer. So what's, so in my opinion, Stout has the big leg. Why not trot him out there for the 47 yarder? Because, because guess what? Pinnaker missed. And if you don't trot him out there, now you're messing with his head, right? Now you're messing with his confidence. Hey, you're the 50 and under guy. It's 47. If I go and I pick Stout, now I'm messing with your head. And I, I don't know. That just doesn't feel right to me. If you put Stout in there, I mean, he missed the 57 yarder at the very end of the game by like a foot, it looked like. So he has the leg. Why not put him in for the 47? You know? I mean, my guess is, I, I mean, also, as much as I'm not, I'm kind of hating on Jake Pinnegar in this podcast, he was 11 for 12 last season. He's a very accurate kicker. It, not yes, not on Saturday, yeah. but like throughout the rest of his career, that he he's a guy who just drills shorter field goals, but doesn't have the leg for the big ones. Yeah, so I'd, I'd rather like, it's I'd, it's taking the sure points. Obviously, yeah. I it's now I sound stupid saying that because they didn't. They weren't sure points. <laughs> not so sure. Yeah. What are usually sure points? Yeah, and like like I said, I'm a I, I get it. I get why we have the split, but for me, it's like. I don't know if you're going to have a short guy and a long guy, like 50, 50 shouldn't be the split there. Like I, for me, I don't know. I would say Pinnaker is like 40 and under or 35 and under like they're true. 45 and under. Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, what's the difference between 45 and 47? Like when you have that split, it, I don't know, to me, it's like either you stick to it and you risk 
missing, right? Because you didn't have your long guy in there for a 47, but if it was a 49 or a 50, you probably would have had your long guy. You know what I mean? I just, I don't like, I don't like that strategy at all. I would rather have one guy and live and die by him, but that's why I'm not a college football head coach. Um, shout out to Jake Banner. You are a lamb today. Sorry, buddy. Uh, it's tough, man. It's really tough. And, and like, again, you don't want to hate a kid. You don't want to like, you know, there was a lot of positivity I saw on Twitter, which is he's been good for our program. Like I'm yeah, not, of course. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, cut Jake Pinnaker. He's a bum. No, he's a he's a good kicker. Well, that's he just that's he had a bad game. Still is 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 still on on the internet. You get so much more of the nobody should be speaking bad about this player than people actually speaking bad about them. So, shout out, uh, you're a lamb for this week. I'm sure you'll be fine the rest of the year. I think you're gonna be great. Um, again, I prefer one kicker over two, but I love our guys. So. Um, all right. I don't have any notes for this episode. Uh, I told you that I did a rewatch earlier today, put out a bunch of gifts. If you saw that on, on Twitter, tried to get some positivity going. Um, you want to start with some positives and then we'll go into Twitter questions. will let us, which will lead us to talk about all the negatives. Um, yeah. you talked about Shaka already. You talked about Dotson, some good positives there. Uh, Pat Fryermuth being back. Uh, fantastic. Seeing him get that touchdown right off the bat. I love even rewatching today. That was, I loved that call. It was like fourth and yeah. one, fourth and two. Um, really nice to see him. And he, he leans into the camera. I couldn't hear it because I was out of the bar watching. And he goes, I'm back. I'm back. Which is just awesome. Um, what else did you see that was positive? What did you like? Uh, that one-handed catch by Pat Fryermuth was Beautiful. timely and huge. Um, I said, Sean Clifford, when he was on, seemed great to me. He completed nearly 70% of his passes yesterday. And it, it coming into this game, if I had told you, hey, Sean Clifford's going to go, going to complete 70% of his passes – there's actually 69, which is nice. Nice. Um, but for three touchdowns, 240 yards, and he's going to run for another, you would have gone, of course, not only we win, we're covering the spread. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I saw improvements out of him in the general game that I liked. It was the two really bad interceptions. That, but here's the thing. I think that's unlike him. He threw seven interceptions all last season. He's generally good at if the play is not there, he throws it away. Um, so I, it's one of those things that I, I think this is an anomaly for his performance. And honestly, I think this loss was kind of an anomaly for our team. Yeah, now, there's no really, moral victories in football. You know, no. it still counts as a loss. But, like, I don't look at this game and go, Hol, like, holy shit, look what happened. We're going 500. Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't look at it and say we're going 500, but I don't I don't know if I'm quite as high on Cliff. Yes, he did some like 119 on the ground with a touchdown. Um, 70 percent is is great. Um, but there, I thought there his pocket definitely... presence was better too. See, that's what worries me, and, and I'll save that because it's the positive section of the podcast. Um, but I think there's a lot that scares me there, so I will save that. Let's keep going positive. I thought Joey Porter Jr. looked really good. Um, we talked about him uh, starting corner opposite of, of Tariq. I thought Tariq actually looked pretty good as well. Um, didn't love our safety play as much, despite the interception from Wade. Thank you very much. Um, but I thought Joey Porter, uh, you know, making his first start, he had the he had the sack uh, early on that went untouched, and and in general, I thought he looked the part, played pretty well, ended with five tackles. Uh, a sack and one one pass defended. So uh, really liked that as well. Yeah, I, Lamont had a bad first half, but had some real big moments too. Yeah, and, and I'll say this too. I'll say this. I think if we're if we're sticking on the positives, I think I think all in all our defense played pretty well, which like sounds weird to say because like yeah, we let them drive down on us with a minute and forty seconds left at the very end of the game, but like we put our defense in that position. Like, they held him to a total of 211 yards. 
You can't be mad at that. And less, yeah, less than half of our time of possession. And, like, the fact of the matter is, if it wasn't for two turnovers deep in our own zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the points, the points wouldn't be on the board. We, um, we win that game by 10 points in regulation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, there were so many stats of, like, uh, in history when a team – you know, outgains another team by 250 yards. It's like 300 and 0 or something like no one's ever lost. So like to your point about it being an anomaly, like, yeah, this was a, this was a, in, in a nutshell, 2020 is weird. We're living in the twilight zone. Nothing makes sense. We just lost to Indiana. And this was, this was a massive win for them. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going into the negatives from the positives, but this yeah, was a massive, it. like, this was massive. They, they had the, the stat, they kept flashing. They hadn't beat it in a top 10 team since like 1987 or, 90 something I don't know like this was massive for them yes it was weird for us it was an anomaly for us but do I think it's program defining I hope not do I think it's season defining I hope not like yeah it sucks that we got to go into the Ohio State game next you know bouncing off after this but like yeah it's kind of tough so there are some positives I think there's a lot there's a lot to like coming from the game uh when you when you look at just like the pieces of it um but overall we got outplayed uh, there were a lot of bad decisions, a lot of mental mistakes, a lot of misses, and we lost. Um, so let's let's all right. Let's you know before we go into the Twitter questions, let's go to the two most talked about things in the world because this is what we're talking about. Um, Devin Ford running in for that touchdown at the very end. Uh, you can see it on the rewatch today. You can see very clearly Indiana is letting him score. Like their safeties are just standing their hands up. Um, what are your thoughts on on that play, on that score, on that decision? Where do you where do you land on a lot of it? Um, I mean, obviously it was the wrong decision. Um, if he hadn't scored, I'm pretty sure we could have just bled the clock to the point where they have like 14 seconds. Um, and I don't, you know, sure they could still win from there, but I don't think they would have. Um, I, there's a lot of, I've, the, the biggest problem I've seen from like the biggest criticism I've seen from that is that that is somehow James Franklin's fault, that this wasn't drilled into them. Every player has said, and th- this, they're also trying to do this without throwing Devin under the bus said, yeah, we were told not to score. Like they, it was known not to score, you know, scoring was his fault. It's an understandable mistake. Um, because I, I think it, it was a big deal to get a first down there. We did have to get a first down in order to, like, guarantee winning the game. Yeah, they had one, they had one timeout left at that point, and there was a minute and 40-something seconds left. And it was third down, right? No, that was, for, that was first and ten. That was the first play. Was it? Yes. So that, that, this, okay. is, this is the problem, and this is where it is James Franklin's fault. And I am, I am a James Franklin stan. You know this. I love that man. I, I would do anything for him. I, I do put the blame on him. Is, is it a mental mistake by Devin Ford? Of course. Of course. You think we should have just knelt? Well, if you're not going to kneel, here, here's the thing. One, if you are going to run that play, you, as James Franklin, grab Devin Ford's helmet before he runs onto the field and say, son, get down. Do not score. Like, they, in his post-game press conference, he, he kind of avoided the question the first time as to not put pressure on, on Devin and throw him under the bus, which is the right thing to do. He's like, hey, guys, you know, there's a lot, a lot of plays you could look at. Let's not focus on that one. Um, and then, like, reporters kept asking him. So one reporter was like, hey, James, just to be clear, like, what do you think you should have done? What did you say to do? He goes, yeah, I think we should have got down. Our plan was get as much as you can and get down. So, like, if that's your plan, get as much as you can when you get down. One, I personally think you – how many times did you direct uh, QB run all game with Cliff? Plenty. 
He is your veteran leader. He knows what's going on versus Devin Ford, who is now technically a third string running back coming into the season that got thrust into the spotlight here. Sure. Should he have known to get down? Yeah. But like, that's a mistake that I personally trust Cliff more than I trust Devin Ford there. Like, Hey, just run a few and get down. That was, that was the plan. Just get as much as you can and get down. I want Cliff there too. I think that's gotta be literally every coach, Franklin Bowen, whoever's on the, uh, on the sideline there, like, in the huddle before they go, hey, get down, get down, get down. And I don't know if that was – I don't know if that happened. Like, I think, yes, they all said it, but, like, I, it just didn't feel like that happened. Otherwise, it, it would have gone the way it should have. So, does it suck? Yeah. Should your defense be able to stop them with a minute 42 left? You hope, but, like, shit happens. This is football. So, all in all, it's a, it's a shitty play. But, like, to me, I, I just don't even like the, the handing it off there. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I get it. And it's, it's one of those things where had Devin Ford gotten down to the three-yard line, we all go, what a great play call. First down, yep. like, it ices the game. Um, I'll, I'll give you this. Like, the risk-reward to what happened, clearly not good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what, he'll never, he'll, never make that, he'll never make that mistake again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was first and 10 at the 14, a minute 42 left. They had one timeout. So I personally, for me, it's, it's your run with cliff for a couple of yards. They take their timeout, then you knee it, you knee it, or you run it again with cliff. If you have to, um, then hopefully you kick a field goal with a couple of seconds left. Um, I don't know. It sucks. Um, we move on. Uh, they, they march down the field uh, and Penix, Penix, listen, man, give it up to Penix. He, he was getting hurried pressured hit all game and he had a bad first half he missed some throws that they really they could have scored on they could have continued drives on give credit to indiana on that last drive he looked Um, i I thought at the beginning our coverage was a little soft but they made two catches on that drive that were like we pressured him and our cornerbacks were there in coverage and they just made the play like they all and tom allen tom allen's got balls of steel you got to give him that like credit where credit is due indiana like showed up especially on that last drive yeah absolutely all right let's finish this actually one more thing i forgot about uh, a lot of people were talking about too so devon ford scores uh we're up 27 20 we opt to kick the extra point go 28 20 some people are saying you should be going for two there because if you go for two you put the game out of reach you're up nine right um they cannot come back in one possession there's a minute 40 left there's unlikely that they're going to score get nine onside kick score again um I, I don't know. That just doesn't seem like it's in Franklin's DNA. Um, like I, I, I also, didn't expect him. If he had gone for two and we'd missed, we would have lost in regulation. Well, no, because then the, they would have to go to two for winning. We, we were up seven. They though. did go for two. What, right. Because, but what I'm no, saying we, is. They, we were up eight. We, they went for two and they got it. I understand that. But what I'm saying like, is it still, would have, it still would have forced the issue. And if we make that play on two, like the point is they would still have to go for two for the win rather than overtime, which again, maybe they would have, because clearly they did that in overtime. Anyway, I think it's clear that they would have. Well, yeah, because again, they had nothing to lose. This is their, their yeah. biggest game to win. And so, but we I, would have just lost in regulation. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I like the idea of going for two there, put it out of reach uh, with as crazy. As I like, game was. I like forcing a team to go for two because it's not as high percentage as the extra point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, so that is what it is. Uh, and then the other play um, that the entire world, not just the Penn State community, but all of Twitter and all the world, is uh, the game-winning dive uh, that, that Penix stretches out. Uh, the ball clearly hits the ground before it hits the pylon. 
what people are saying from another view that the tip of the ball is actually over uh, over the line, breaks the plane, so it is a touchdown. Um, my biggest problem with this is you just can't tell. Like I as my, I'm uh, as biased as they come, so I was screaming Saturday night that he's down. The ball the ball hits out of bounds before it hits the pylon. No way is this a touchdown. No way. Um, they called a touchdown on the field, so you have to have conclusive evidence to overturn it. And there's no angle of like directly above uh, the the plane for the goal line or from the pylon cam like they have in a lot of places now. Like I, I just don't know why you don't have that view if if there's going to be a call like that. Like I don't know that I, I'm rambling again because I'm just frustrated thinking about it. But what were your thoughts on that play, that situation, the whole thing? I thought it was the wrong call. I think he was short, but it's close enough that I can't go. Holy shit! They robbed us. Yeah, and that's the problem is it's close enough that it has to be so indisputable, uh, uh, you know, conclusive evidence that it is short. And, like, what pisses me off is, like, it's super athletic by him. His body is somehow in the air and none of him is, like, down <laughs> while he's stretching. But the bottom of the ball hits the ground. Every, I think everyone agrees on that. That's very clear. Bottom of the ball hits the ground before it hits the pylon. Um, and there's just no angle to show you, like I said, either from a pylon cam, which I don't know if you would have been able to see it anyway since he's, like, kind of angled weird, why is there not like an overhead that you can see directly over the goal line? I don't know. I, yeah, I've seen some pictures of it that, you know, there are angles where I go, I think it's obvious that he's short. And I've seen some angles of it where I go, it looks like the tip of the ball may be like on the white line. But again, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, we could ramble on this forever. So it is what it is. That was the call that ended the game. Uh, we go 0 and 1. So that sucks. Um, but let's go through some Twitter questions. Uh, we'll spark some some conversation and some debate here. Um, Jason Gibb says, what is Noah Kane's status? So, Pat, I know you're the guy that James Franklin just tells all the health and injury updates to. Can you give us an update on, uh, yes. on Noah Kane? Uh, the update is James Franklin thought this game would be too out of hand if Noah Kane started. So he wanted <laughs> to give us all the show. And he's holding Noah Kane out for the rest of the season. I don't know. Oh, yeah, no one knows. Jason, Jason, I appreciate your question. Thank you. Thank you for writing in. We really do appreciate that. There is no updates. Um, Franklin always always holds these close to the vest. Um, what we saw from some of the reporters, some of the beat reporters that were there, uh, said that he went into the injury tent. Um, and it, I, I, you can't really see what happened. I rewatched the game today. I mean, he had, I think, you know, three or four plays in on that first drive, and then he was gone. Um, it, it was hard to tell. There was no play where you're like, oh, yeah, he went, he got hurt there. Um, but he went into the injury tent. Uh, apparently, you know, he was visibly frustrated. Um, Journey Brown was over there trying to, like, help him. Uh, but people said there were – he was on crutches and a boot afterwards, which not great to see, um, but, you know, we have no idea. And Franklin um, is not one to typically give updates on this. So, basically, we'll wait to see the depth chart for this week and, and see where it stands. My guess is he likely won't be back this week, but I hope that he is. I hope that he's well. I hope that he's getting better. Uh, hopefully, it's nothing too serious. Um, next up, Jeffrey Walliser Jr. says, which of these two things frustrated you more, Clifford struggles or defense failing to protect a lead again? Um, mm, so this one's kind of split for me. I'll, I'll put it this way. I think what frustrates me more in the long run is defense failing to protect the lead because I view that as an ongoing issue that we have. Um, Clifford's struggles, I think, were more of what lost us this game than our defense. But I don't view that as something that's really going to be what he did, what his struggles were that day, two interceptions. Everything else he did pretty well. I don't think he's going to be a guy that throws a lot of interceptions at any point in his career. 
Sure. I'll give you that. But our defense um, not protecting leads late has been an issue for like four years. Yes. 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 But again, I think a lot of this is, is coaching is game management is, is things that put us in that situation. I think our defense played really well for the most part. No, like, no, I agree with you. And, yeah, so, and, so my point, my point of them failing to protect the lead, they're the only reason we, we were in a position to have a lead. Uh, we throw two interceptions with, uh, you know, giving them inside our own 40 yard line. Yeah. Yeah. We bring in uh, Will Levis who fumbles the ball in the red zone. Defense gets it back the very next series with a fumble of their own to give us a chance at a field goal, which we missed if I'm getting my drives correct. Um, I think you're right. You know, there, there's the point where I don't know if we, if we had a turnover on downs, I think you're like, it's the one fourth and two. We ran the ball. Yeah. Kevon Lee shutdown. Um, Kevon Lee had a great game. I thought we didn't ride him nearly enough. He was the hot hand, but we, you know, on that late on that one where he was fourth and one and he got shut down. Um, Cause I Holmes was in like the first three plays before that uh, defense comes up with a big stop to give us a chance to come back and actually score to get that Jahan touchdown. So I, I think overall in this game, particularly our defense is the reason we were even in it. Otherwise this, this could have been a blowout. Uh, I agree they, with you. If they threw, for I, us, yeah. if they threw for 370 like they did last year, like this game's gone and we're sitting there going, Oh shit, do we really have a problem? So for me, Clifford struggles do bother me more. Um, I'm going to read one other question from Brandon uh, from the program says, does Sean Clifford have the yips? He continuously has zero pocket awareness and scrambles too early, taking his eyes off the developing routes. It's backyard football. Basically when he feels someone come within three yards of him, uh, this is unsustainable. What does the team do to fix this? Is this fixable? Um, that's like six questions in one. Thank you, Brandon. Um, it, it worries me. And, and we talked about, uh, you know, the, the film breakdown for the blog he did on his mechanics and some of the issues. And like, as you're watching, you see some of that come out. So I was going through watching the game today and doing my positivity thread. And there was one play where he starts to take off, um, but keeps his eyes upfield and, and finds Andre Lambert for a nice completion, which was beautiful. The problem with that, and, and this is more of a, a theme throughout the rest of it, is there was a really nice pocket. There was no defender within four or five yards of him and he starts to take off. So I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is, you know, subconscious lack of trust in the O-line. I don't know if this is him just being more confident in his running game than, than, you know, having receivers open downfield. I don't know where it comes from, but I, I, I see Cliff trying to run more than throw like more often than not, like even, even the, even the 60 yard completion to or touchdown to Dotson, he starts to take off and then throws it when he realizes he's open. Like if he, if, if that happens one second later, that touchdown doesn't exist and Cliff gets, you know, maybe 10 yards for a rush. But I think he relies way too much on that. And he's very quick to start taking off as soon as anything even looks like it's going to break down. Now, my, my thoughts on the O-line are, I don't think they look very good either. But I worry about Cliff in, in that sense of he, he looks to run way too often. Um. I th- so, I mean, I think I generally agree with what you're saying, but I thought his pocket presence in this game was better than it was last season. Um, one big thing that I thought he did last season that he didn't do uh, uh, this weekend was run himself into a sack. They had no sacks that game, I'm pretty uh, sure. They had one, one or two. If you, uh, against Clifford? Uh, or was it the Will, the Will Levis? Because that was technically a sack, the uh, – Fumble. Oh, really? Happened in the backfield, yeah. I'm know. pretty sure. Well, I mean, if, they, if they're not sacks, they're, you know, one-yard gains when he's just getting over the line. Um, yeah. I, it, yeah, so, like, I, I, don't, I don't think he was ad ba- as bad with that this game as he was last season. I, I didn't personally love it. We'll agree to disagree on that. Um, 
what worried me the most is um, is it's I don't know if it was a, a product of the pocket presence or what, but uh, just airmailed a lot of things. Um, so the the first interception, it was a screen. He had the screen. Defense comes in because the line bails out to go protect for the. They had the some screen. guys sitting on it though. Like I, I, but still, he. he I gotta, be, I gotta be honest with you. It. To me, it looked like if he completed that pass, uh, was it was it to Devin Ford? Mm-hmm. It looked like he was getting tackled right away. Which is fine. Which is fine. That happens. Either either complete the pass and he does it, or throw it out of bounds. I mean, get rid of the ball. But he 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 just absolutely airmailed it to the defender. Um, and he did the same thing and... with the the Frymuth interception. Yes, yes, he had exactly. him open and he just overthrew him. He had him open. He had him. He had him to a point where Pat has his guy beat, and the safety is coming directly down. If he leads him properly, Pat's got. No, that that was a big like, game. Yeah, huge, huge. Um, and he had a couple of other overthrows. There was a third and twelve after we had a false start, which penalties are another huge thing that happened in this game. Uh, third and twelve, he had Daniel penalties. George, and and just completely overthrew him. So, he, he, I also thought in the second half, like, though, he looked a lot better. He, he did. Other than yeah, other than the first drive, I thought he didn't look good in the first half. And then I thought he came down, like came out, kind of settled down in the second half, wasn't as jumpy, and was completing more passes. He really wasn't overthrowing guys in the second half. He definitely looked better. And, I mean, that goes back to the, you know, are these some of the kinks that you work out in tune-up non-conference games that you don't have a chance to? I mean, yeah, Indiana's a good team. Obviously, they played better than us. You would ex- I, I would expect and hope for more um, – am I worried about Cliff? A little bit. I mean, do I love him? Of course. Am I going to root for him? Yes. Do I think – do I, do I think he's the guy that can get it done for us? I have no idea. I, I just don't know. And this is the kind of stuff that's like, it's frustrating and discouraging, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's my, that's where I stand on. Cliff I was more hopeful. About I like know. I said, because as the game went on, I thought he looked better. Fair, fair. Um, yeah. I mean, second half was better in general defense let up three points in the second half before that final drive. Um, defense looked better in the second half. Um, Cliff looked better in the second half. The run game is a little concerning without, you know, Journey and Noah. Um, let's keep going through these questions, though. There's some, uh, let's see, PSU fan 81, Grego Baker says, did Coach Franklin and Co. peak in 16 and 17? If not, when does he become, quote, elite? His big post-game presser following the 18 OSU loss brings this to mind. Um, there were a couple questions about this. There's another one. Jarrett Gold says, is there any legitimacy to concerns that the window has closed on Franklin? I think the long-term outlook of the program is really good, uh, but I seem to be just about the only one. And then Scotty does know, Scott's 021, nice name, uh, said, maybe I am biased, but in following college football, I've never seen more fair-weather fans that truly don't know what they're talking about than when Penn State loses a game. The fire Franklin crowd have made following updates on social media unbearable. So Franklin company, elite, good, great window. I like Scotty's tweet. I'm going to throw it out there. I liked his tweet. Um, yeah, like I just – listen, I get that it's frustrating when we lose these games that we shouldn't, and it does seem like every season we drop one that we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, that's – is that frustrating? Yes. But, like, people – especially – Penn State fans are almost as bad at, as Michigan fans at not understanding what the general view of everyone else of our program is. Mm-hmm. If you asked anyone under the age of 40 if Penn State is, one, is a blue-blood football program, most of them say no, okay? Like that, that's just the reality of the situation. And like, not to mention, I'm sorry, like even like in the heyday of Joe Paterno, like these rose-tinted glasses that people look back on that era with. I love Joe Paterno. He was a tremendous coach. But like there were a lot of years where we were mediocre under Joe Paterno. There there were 
and even the stretches of where we were great. Like I'm, I think I, that I brought this up last season that Franklin has put together more consecutive double digit win seasons than like most of Joe Paterno's career. Yeah. And Joe Paterno was there for like 40 years. Franklin's been here for <laughs> seven. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you, we, we have one of what I would consider the three best programs in the country in our division that we have to play every season. Yeah. It, and- it's, um, name me another program that is doing better than us with what we have to contend with. Like Georgia is probably the only one you could tell me that yeah. routinely has one of the best uh, programs in their country, in their division that they have to play every season and routinely finishes ranked higher than us. Like there's no team in the ACC that's doing that against Clemson. There's yep. no other team in the SEC that's doing it against Alabama. Uh, Texas isn't doing it against Oklahoma. Yeah. No, I, I think you're spot on with all that. I, my, my take on it, and we, we've, we've gone into the details of like why we like Franklin, the difficulties of the conference, the situation, all of that. Like my biggest thing with it all is who, who do you want to bring in? Like exactly. pe- people, are, people are very, very quick to the fire this guy because we need someone new. Uh, the only time that really, really works is if you're a Jets fan and you're talking about Adam Case. <laughs> um, but, but really, like at this point, who else do you want to bring in to replace Franklin? Because like any of the top coaches at other places aren't going to leave where they are to become the head coach at Penn State. Um, any coordinator is going to be unproven and you're, you're taking a chance. Like Franklin is a guy who's gotten our, our program to a – between good and great, I, I think I like if you're if we have that meter of I think like closer to great than good. Yeah, and and either way, like I'll I'll play he's, he's got to fix yet. things about his game management. Yeah, of absolutely. course, and absolutely. And like I said, I'll, I'll be the devil's advocate. Say say we're just good. Say we're not great. Like what I, I don't know. What else do you want to do? Recruiting in general has been very good. Uh, On field production after sanctions and and from from a time where we you know weren't supposed to ever play or win another game has been good. Um, does it suck to lose to teams that we shouldn't lose to? Yeah. But like, that's football, that's sports. That's like why we watch. Like if you were just supposed to win the games you win and you're, you lose the games you're supposed to lose, like what would be the point of watching? And what would be the point of like being invested and having the emotions? So does it suck? Yeah. It sucks to lose to Indiana. It sucks. Like it really, really sucks. Do I want to fire Franklin? No. Also not to mention like outside of this game, I can't name off the top of my head, name any times we've lost to a bad team. Like, we've lost – we lost to Minnesota last year when I thought we should have won. Minnesota was still very good. We've lost to yep. Michigan when I thought we should have won. Michigan was a good program those seasons. Like, it's not like we're going out there and routinely losing to a, a team like Indiana, who also isn't even bad. But like, Yeah, I mean, they're, they're how unranked. Many unra- how many unranked losses do we have under Franklin? Very, very nice segue. So CJ Scalzetti writes into us and says, so is this the comprehensive list of terrible losses uh, of James Franklin era, either by decollapsing or bad management? Again, I'm going to put a moratorium on the decollapsing part. I, I don't like that. Um, 2014, Maryland. 2015, Northwestern. 2016, USC. Really? Uh, 2017 and 18. I mean, it was a OSU bad loss. It was a bad team. Yeah, 2017 and 18 is Ohio State and Michigan State. Uh, we lost to both of them both of those years. 18, Kentucky, bowl game. Uh, 19, Minnesota. And 20, Indiana. Um, so Indiana is tw- the only unranked one that happened after the championship season. Yeah, 2014 and 15. I mean, Franklin's just getting in the door. Those yeah. are, you know, those are when we're not great yet. Um, yeah, and this, to your point earlier, like, 
it sucks that if you lose one game a season, your season is kind of over because that's what that's what the playoff and, and the instant gratification does. If you're not in the playoff, you're not good, right? That's the that's the mentality a lot of people have. Um, because realistically, like bowl games just don't mean that much. Like even if you're in a Rose Bowl or a Cotton Bowl, that's not the playoff. Like, yeah, it's fun and it's exciting, but people just don't get as hyped. And I'm sure the players do. I'm sure the coaches do. Like, that's exciting as shit for them. But for fans who sit at home, they look at it and say playoff or bust, which is probably not fair. It's probably a ridiculous thought. But yeah. that's, that's Joel what Klatt it is. Joel Klatt did a great segment on that, that, like, one of the things he doesn't like about the playoff is that it has devalued everything else. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, let's be honest, it's an unfair standard for most programs. It is. And, that, and that's the thing. So, so it's, it's one of two things. You either have that mentality and you're constantly upset and disappointed, or you don't have that mentality. And I mean, that's okay too, but maybe you're just not as invested. Like personally for me, I, I have that mentality. Like if we're not in the playoff, like that's not, you know, it's not great. It, it's disappointing, but it doesn't mean yeah. we're, it doesn't it mean, mean we're that bad. We're, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Like uh, how many times in the last, like even under Joe Paterno, how many times were we consistently finishing in the top four? I, I don't probably know the any. answer off the top of my head, but I'm sure it wasn't like yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it sucks. We lose. We start 0-1. I know we're rambling here. A couple more comments from, from the Twitter uh, fam. CJ also says, felt like we got really good pressure from the DNs all game. I agree. I thought they looked great. Uh, love and, and, and this was a field. game where they didn't have a lot of opportunity to do that either. So it was impressive. It was a lot of yeah. quick passes. Yeah. Uh, love how that last drive. Jay looked. Agree, they looked good. Uh, CJ asks, were you were you surprised there was not more offensive line shuffling? Four or five starters played every snap, and only Thorpe was in rotation with Holmes. Um, I, I said it before. I don't. I didn't think the offensive line looked great. I know we didn't let them any sacks, but I, it, I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's Clifford being uncomfortable because of history and or what. But like it, it looked like he was constantly not waiting for anything to develop in a pocket and just kind of. A, bailing out on it uh but I, I don't think they looked particularly good in the run game there were pl- there were so many times where people were getting hit in the backfield as soon as they get the ball um we were constantly running these little swing passes which i don't know if that's i don't know if that's Shiraka's version of his slants this year uh but we ran to the running backs these quick quick swing passes uh we ran them to to pat fry and a brenton strange a couple times which to me was kind of a product of of not having time in the pocket um we didn't have a downfield presence. It didn't seem like there was anything developing downfield other than, you know, the, the touchdown to Dotson and a couple other things. So was I, was I surprised there's not more shuffling? No, because I don't think we should be shuffling. Like, if I don't, I don't have data on this, but if you look at the best offensive lines in the country, it's probably those five starters starting, playing, and only getting subbed in when somebody needs a breather or, or gets, you know, hurt or something like that. So, no, I, I don't want to see a lot of subbing. Um, we did run a lot of, not a lot, but we ran a couple of uh, six O-line sets where they brought Wallace in as the sixth offensive lineman. Um, a lot of just big jumbo sets with two tight ends. So I think you're going to see a lot of that, but personally, I don't, I don't really want to see a ton of shuffling. Yeah, I mean, I thought the offensive line looked good, not great. Um, I didn't think Cliff was under any undue amount of pressure. Um, yeah, but it's but it's Indiana, man. Like that—that's my problem, and uh, I don't want to yeah. look ahead because we'll do that, a preview I, show. I, I do, yeah. What's going to happen at Ohio State with, with some of the best rushers in the, in the country? Like, it, it maybe let me let me rephrase it. Maybe it, it, if I don't say the offensive line looked bad, I am concerned that they didn't look elite against Indiana. Like, I, I think it, that's it, fair. Yeah, no, like, think you you should if you are a number eight team in the country. This is an offensive line that returns guys like Mennett and Fries for extra years when they quote unquote could have gone to the NFL. You have young promising talent in in Rashid Walker, in hopefully Caden Wallace. Like 
You got, got guys like Miranda and Thorpe who've played again. Like you should look elite against a team like Indiana. And we just did it. And again, these guys are better athletes in their life than I will ever be at anything in my life. But as a casual fan and observer, we didn't look great. I think that's a fair criticism. It was, it was a, like I said, I thought we looked good, not great, but it was a game where our offensive line should have looked great. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think that, I think that's most of it. Is there anything else that we missed? Anything that we didn't hit on? Um, I know this is kind of long. I wanted to keep this a little bit shorter, but let's be honest. I never do. Um, anything else in this game that you wanted to talk about or, or that we didn't get into? Uh, yeah, th- th- this is like a weirdly specific rant I'm going to go on that isn't <laughs> totally um, indicative of what happened in the last drive. Okay. But it, it, I, I thought I saw it at the beginning of the last drive where there's not a lot of time left on the clock. And I, I think it's something we see often in the leads that we have blown where there's short time and there's this mentality of don't get beat deep. No. Fuck that. Get beat deep. Don't get beat short. Because worst case scenario, at least in this one, is that is they tie the game. That's the worst thing that can happen. I'd way rather they tie the game and we have 45 seconds left to go down the field than three. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like getting beat deep isn't the end of the world because I, I think you're seeing it more and more like in the NFL now where the clock is a bigger deal than points. It's like what Mike Vrabel did. The other yeah. week where he yeah. intentionally got a penalty so they could have more time. Yeah. You can, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's just. I do. I do. It's, you know, it's, it's a good rant. I think you're right. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll add one on top of that. Hey, don't get in situations where you need to worry about how much time is left for your game winning yeah. field goal against an unranked team. Um, also, by the way, we, we, we could have run one more play before we kicked the field. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Just we had eight seconds left. One. We, we could have gotten f- five more yards and maybe that field goal was good. Yeah, and I know yeah. that's like a, a kind of – that it shouldn't be what breaks our back, but like – Right. Maybe yeah, we could have done it. Well, the issue there is we didn't have a timeout. So if, if you end up with a sack, if there's a bad snap, game's over. Um, which, again, yeah. maybe that's a risk you take, but we, I think we used our timeout like on their two-point conversion. Um, so maybe we saved that. Again, my, my thing, don't get into situations where you have to worry about yeah. things like this against inferior teams. Um, and, it, and this is like – I've probably bad-mouthed defenses in the past too, like – Defense collapsing at the end of the game, I think, is a product of the situation, is a product of the game management, is a product of all the issues that lead up to that point. Again, your defense was lights out on the second to last drive. Shaka Tony, back-to-back sacks. Him and Owe, Chase Penix out of the pocket on the third down. It's a fourth and 21. You get the ball back basically in the red zone. The game is over. I don't want to hear about the defense breaking down to lose the game. Your defense won you the game. Then we lost it. So, shit happens. We're 0-1. We got Ohio State next week. Uh, let's end on a positive note. Positive note. How are you feeling about next week? Obviously, we'll save official predictions. Mentally, how are you feeling? Okay. I hate to say this. Look, we're going to win. I don't think we win this game. However, the good things that I saw make me say that we could hang around long enough to win it. If, if we don't commit 100 yards of penalties – if Sean Clifford doesn't throw two interceptions, I think this is a game that we're, at the very least we're in it at the end of the game. The problem yep. is, can we do that? Love it. Let's, let's stay positive. I, I'm with you. I, I don't know that we can win, but I do think, I do think we can keep this close. Um, I don't know if I really believe that, but I'm putting out positive vibes right now. Not to I mention, I mean, Ohio close. State, even though they won it a blowout. Yeah. Fine. What are we going to say? I, even, I, even, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Ohio State, even though they won in a blowout, it was 14 to 14 deep in the second quarter. 
True. to a Nebraska team that I think is substantially worse than us. Yeah. Yeah. So here, here's my, my, if we can my stay one in it, we can win it. Yeah. Here's my parting thoughts. Obviously you don't want to open a season. zero and two. And if we're getting all the negativity out right now, if that does happen, we may drop out of the top 25 for the first time in a long time, which would really, really suck. If, if we keep this game close, if we keep it competitive, if we play the best football we can, then you take that and you turn the corner, right? You, hopefully you stay ranked even as an 0-2 team um, with, with a very close loss. Uh, and then you take it and you run the table for the rest of the season. Are there some other tough games looking at, you know, the beginning of this season? Sure. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not going to give up after one game. Like, what? There's no fun in that. I love this team. I love our guys. I say it over and over again. I'm going to hope for the best next week. Yeah, and uh, if you want another positive, I thought Ohio State's de- offensive line didn't look great, and I thought their running game didn't even look good. And that is a weakness-on-strength matchup for us. We have a, what I think is a tremendous defensive line, and we have what is definitely a tremendous run defense. And if they can't establish the run, they could struggle. Yeah, yeah. Listen, positive vibes only here at No, no, no Names All Game. I can't even say our own name right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, is not the way we wanted to start the season, but we appreciate you. We appreciate the interaction on Twitter. If you like this, give us a review on iTunes. Apparently that helps. Um, and we will be here with you every step of the way, regardless of what happens this season. We will have an Ohio State preview show later this week. It'll be live on our YouTube. Uh, we did it for the first time ever. Uh, last week was a lot of fun, so come hang out and chat with us. I'll, I'll tweet it out uh, when we're going to do it. And we'll be here all, all season for you. So does it suck? Yes. Is it in the rear view? Yes, we were on to Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State. We are.